the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back and happy Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. Let me give you the phone number, 602-508-0960. As always, anything on your mind or anything you'd like to contribute to things that we get uh, that I say or others say here, you are uh, more than welcome. Uh, This morning, I woke up to news that Pfizer and BioNTech have submitted an application to the U.S. FDA Food and Drug Administration for their updated COVID-19 vaccine to be used as the third shot in the three-dose primary vaccine series for children ages six months through four years. Three shots for COVID for kids under the age of five. Are they kidding? No, they're not kidding. little perspective. In Arizona, there have been six COVID deaths of all children under the age of 20 since June. Nationally, there have been 564 COVID deaths throughout the entirety of the year for children under the age of 18. At the same time, in Arizona, over 20 children have died from opioid fentanyl poisonings. Three times the number of COVID. Nationally, Six times the number of children die from opioid fentanyl poisonings than have from COVID throughout the nearly three years of COVID. In one year, six times the number of children die from opioid fentanyl poisonings than have from COVID throughout nearly three years of COVID. Meanwhile, in the two most woke cities that happen to also be the most exquisitely ardent and martinet in masking and vaccinations to stop COVID, San Francisco and New York City, the public health departments are putting out and displaying ad campaigns and posters to opioid fentanyl users, telling them that if you use, use safely. They, in fact, say such things as don't feel ashamed. If you use, start slow, do it with friends. Those are direct quotes. Oh, yes, they have no smoking of cigarette signs everywhere and no tolerance for cigarettes or jewels. But for heroin or fentanyl, don't feel shame. Start slow. Do it with friends. I do have one positive piece of information from how San Francisco's Department of Public Health is handling things. If you spend some time on their website, you will find this sentence, quote, No COVID-19 vaccine completely prevents all COVID-19 infections, close quote. Okay, then. I suppose we have to adjust to the world where it all depends on what people think the definition of a vaccine is. It used to mean, and on the CDC website until the middle of last year, it meant, quote, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease, close quote. Now the word immunity has been switched to protection. The act of introducing a vaccine in the body to produce protection from a specific disease. A kiss may still be a kiss, but a vaccine is no longer a vaccine, though the word is still used 
as such. Because as with nearly everything else, we gamble like madmen with. The politics is almost always ahead of the science. The change on the CDC site came shortly after Joe Biden said at a CNN town hall meeting, quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in the ICU unit and you're not going to die. Close quote. This from an from an administration that thinks it needs to police us for misinformation and disinformation and wants to create a board of disinformation. Of course, vaxxed people under the new definition of these vaccines do get infected. They do get hospitalized. And of course, they die. It didn't make much of a splash. But earlier this year, ABC reported that 40 percent of COVID deaths were in the vaxxed population. And today it is the majority in some places. We aren't even getting into adverse reactions, which the mainstream media has completely put a damper on. Daniel Kotzen was banned from Twitter for writing myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots and strokes are known potential side effects of COVID vaccination. Not my idea of safe. Mainstream media won't cover that story. But son of a gun, I should use a different phrase, but I can't. We're going to give these things to four-year-olds three times, likely more, as time goes by. How do the lyrics to that song go? It's still the same old story. What is the old story? What I was closing the show with yesterday, the abuse and catastrophizing of children. The incoming number two head of the Democratic caucus in the House of Representatives, Catherine Clark of Massachusetts, said, quote, and let me tell you what it means to me coming in as a different generation. By the way, she's 59 years old. Is that what you think of as a different generation by most understandings in any event? This newly self-described new generation of leadership said, quote, I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. I've had my family at a movie theater. When the movie stopped, my children immediately felt there must be a shooter in the theater with us, close quote. Climate change has put the fear of an active mass shooter into children's minds. Stop and think on that. Climate change is as frightening to children now as a mass shooting incident. Again, kids, children, they don't come up with these fears on their own. They didn't self-generate them. They aren't born with them. Adults gave these fears to kids and children. Adults promoted and instantiated them. Just as adults implanted the idea of race and race shaming to children, and just as adults implanted the idea that kids should be ashamed of their born sex and can actually change it. We don't have a real childhood crisis in America so much as we have an adult crisis in America. Adults made Greta Thunberg famous and Times Person of the Year, just as adults gave kids and children their frights about COVID. Even turned children against one another. I imagine the new test will be, the new measurement will be, how many shots four- and five-year-olds have to save them from something that is less of a danger to them than drowning. Consider, I say in quotes, the irresponsible COVID-denying state of Florida, In that state of Florida, more than twice the number of children die from drowning in any given year than all deaths of children from COVID there over the course of three years. One of my saddest memories of the past three years was my 10-year-old nephew visiting me a couple of summers ago and asking me why I thought it was okay not to wear a mask when we were at an outdoor park, as he, of course, felt 
he had to wear one all the time, including indoors and outdoors. You want something frightening? Here's something actually frightening. The Harris Poll finds, quote, a significant majority of Gen Z youth, 75% nationwide, this is the group aged 10 through 25, quote, have experienced a mental health-related issue such as anxiety, stress, and or feelings of being overwhelmed as a result of reading, seeing, or hearing news about climate change, close quote. The poll was commissioned by Blue Shield of California. Upon seeing the findings of this nationwide Survey one, David Bond of Blue Shield said this, quote, our warming planet and all that comes with it is literally putting lives at risk. So it's no wonder that it's also causing deep stress among our youth, close quote. Anyone see the problem here, the connection? When adults keep telling children the climate is literally, no, that's his word. It's in his quote, literally putting lives at risk. And we then find ourselves surprised or shocked that three quarters of them have mental health declines over it. I kind of want to introduce the letter A to the letter B as if we need some adult version of the electric company or Sesame Street to explain how these logical lines and connections work and lead to one another. Yeah, you catastrophize the children. Don't be surprised they come back at you with anxiety. Now, the literal thing that this generation of young adults and children should be worried about, should be afraid of, as it is the single greatest risk to their lives, is the thing public health authorities are saying you should not be ashamed of using. And when you use, start gradually and make sure to do it with friends, you know, in case you overdo it. So one of them can maybe give you a dose of Narcan or call 911, hoping that that will work. Again. We're building prosthetic limb clinics on the boardwalks of shark-infested waters. We won't kill the sharks. We won't tell you not to swim with the sharks. We will tell you that if you do, here's a clinic if you lose your leg, and we'll make it very convenient for you to access that clinic, or at least as convenient as possible. Old Screwtape tells his nephew, The use of fashions and thought is to distract men from their real dangers and direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is in the least danger, and fix its approval on the virtue that is nearest the vice which we are trying to make more common. The game is to have them all running around with fire extinguishers when there's a flood, and all go crowding to that side of the boat, which is already nearly gunnel under. I think about that old screw tape as my mind goes back to Paul Harvey's 1965 broadcast, If I Were the Devil, we were playing that a few days ago it's about 57 years old it's so eerily predictive with lines such as to the young i would whisper the bible is a myth i would convince them that man created god instead of the other way around i would confide that what is bad is good and what is good is square in the ears of the young and married i would whisper that work is debasing I would caution them not to be extreme in religion and patriotism and moral conduct, close quote. I want to close that quote because I think it's interesting to pause on that last line. I would caution them not to be extreme in religion, patriotism, and moral conduct, given as it surfaced from Paul Harvey's mouth just, as, just after Barry Goldwater famously said, extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice and moderation in the pursuit of justice is no virtue. Paul Harvey had to have heard that speech. Anyway, Harvey would go on, if he were the devil, quote, I'd say idle hands usually work for me. 
I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could, and I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions. Let those run wild. If I were the devil, in churches, I'd substitute psychology for religion, and I'd deify science, close quote. As I say, it's eerie. Of course, so too is his conclusion, quote, in other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep doing what I'm doing, close quote. With all that, I'm really focused on something I saw Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, doing. She's putting a group of a dozen folks, 12 folks together to analyze why the GOP did not do better a month ago. A forensic audit of the state of the GOP and GOP campaigning and messaging, if you will. Maybe it would have been nice to do that before the election. But in any event, the people she has chosen are a bit of a surprise to me. One cultural conservative in the whole group, one twelfth. If we want to start winning, let's think about what a caller said on this show yesterday. Those that won last month spoke to the issues that moms and dads and grandmothers and grandfathers actually care about. And it's not just the temporary vicissitudes of the economy. It's much bigger than that. I had a listener email me this morning asking why we don't brand ourselves as the party of common sense in the way that the Democrats kind of brand themselves as the party of progressivism. It's a good idea. But what the great challenge is, is that common sense is no longer in the mainstream. Or if it is, it's so deeply buried and shamed and shut down in deference to elite and pseudo-sophisticated thought that most people think it isn't common anymore. I have no idea why cultural conservatism is so very much the ugly cousin at the dinner table. It is, after all, our country and our culture that most animates the concerns of those who tend to be the most worried here and, in turn, also the most energetic and active trying to do something about it. Our country, our culture, our children... Those things, it seemed to me, is where the battle is. It'd be great if we joined it. After all, to continue the previously referenced conticular theme, the fundamental things still apply, or should. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Did that go out over the air? I don't mind if it did. I was talking about a massive internal debate here that didn't need to be debated about whether coffee serves as hydration, which it does. Anyway, gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it remains a common sense, a common sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You likely already want it. What you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. That's why... We endorse, and they endorse us, the Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned and proud supporters of this show right here on 960, fighting for your right to the financial privacy that gold offers, also, obviously, your freedom of speech and the stability that gold offers. Trust the dealer that I, Sebastian Gorka, and thousands of you already know and trust, the Midas Gold Group. Great folks. You can visit them in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix or give them a call at 480 Three six zero three thousand. That's four eight zero 
360-3000 or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. What an insult this president is to the notion of the presidency and to Americans. Did you see him uh, leaving for Arizona? He's here in Arizona right now. He, he was leaving um, the White House uh, earlier this morning, and Peter Ducey asked him if he was going to visit the border while here. And he said no. And Ducey said, how come? And Biden said there are more important things going on. Unbelievable insult. What an unbelievable insult. Some uh, some wags said, boy, he has no problem taking photo ops and visits at ice cream stores wherever he goes. Maybe that's more important than the border. How the Washington Free Beacon write it up. President Joe Biden said that he's foregoing a visit to the southern border during his trip to Arizona Tuesday because there are more important things going on. Biden made the remark to reporters while departing the White House for Arizona where Joe Biden is set to visit a new computer chip plant for Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturer TSMC. Quote, they're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise, Biden said about the state, arguing the factory opening was more important than a border visit. Well, maybe to Apple in Taiwan it is. The president's border dismissal comes as Customs and Border Protection reported a a record high of 230,000 border encounters in October, Biden is reportedly mulling bringing back Trump-era immigration rules that would make it more difficult to seek asylum. Don't hold your breath. Senator Ted Cruz, whose state has been at the center of the crisis, said Joe Biden doesn't give a damn about the border. Kids are being raped by cartel members. Tons of drugs are flooding across the border that will kill Americans. Millions of illegal aliens are flooding across the border. That's what he said in response. I mean, I'm 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 all for this semiconductor plant being here. Uh, do we need Tim Cook here? And I'm all for supporting Taiwan. Gosh knows. But they're not more important than our sovereignty, our border, our security, and our safety. And what a dismissal! Do you know that Joe Biden has never, in his lifetime, visited the border? In his lifetime. Not just as president, in his lifetime. I get why he doesn't want to. I mean, it would it would be an admission against interest. He'd have to face his own failure. And there's no way he could do it without a media entourage, you know. A slightly better media than the kind that followed Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and took pictures of her weeping at what she saw there, as if what she saw was a humanitarian catastrophe when what she saw because she posed for was an empty cement parking lot that the cameras just kind of gave her the win on. I want to talk more about the news and journalism and stuff in a little bit, but boy is it, boy is it low. Boy is it low. I'm Seth Leapson, 602 We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates for our culture and economy update. He is the president and founder there. Their website, grandcanyonplanning.com. He also has his own radio show here every Saturday morning right here on 960 AM, The Word on Wealth. John, how are you? 
Fantastic, Seth. Thank you. How about yourself? I am. I am doing well today. Thank you. I um, I was looking at the front page of the website for the Wall Street Journal, right? And the story I want to do with you, I'm not going to do with you. But okay. let's 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 bookmark it for another time. The okay. headline is "Cookies So Good We're Being Sued." Welcome to Utah's Bakery Wars. Oh that sounds God. like a good topic, but not for today. <laughs> um, the topic I wanted to go with, um, Goldman CEO David Solomon prepares for pro- possible recession over at CNBC. Uh, here's what America's top CEOs are saying about a possible recession in 2023. I was looking at things people need to do to prepare for them. Um, and one of one of one of the first things that pops up is is a list of things of six things that include take stock of your financial weaknesses, get rid of expensive debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, whatever you do, don't liquidate your investment portfolio. Right. Feel free to take on any of those if you'd like. So it's very interesting you brought this up because I wanted to talk about this as well. Oh, good. You, you okay. have not, you and I have not no collusion prior here. prior None. to the show right. here. Right. Uh, and it was a very similar um, uh, article that I read. The U.S. consumer is still stressed and under inflation pressure, but here's what companies are doing to prepare for the possible recession. Uh, and, you know, companies are doing exactly the same thing that you're suggesting or that this other article is suggesting for individuals to do, Seth, uh-huh. which is you need to understand your spending habits, where you can cut back. Please, I think it makes sense to do so if you've got debt begin to reduce that debt. These are things that we've talked about over and over and over again, right, even in good times. Uh, but, you know, as we get into an area of, of the economy that may truly, again, begin to slow down, we want to make sure that we have our, our financial house in order, and that's what this is saying. And as you said, yes, selling stock is not necessarily, or your investments is not necessarily uh, the right move, and it depends on everyone's situation, of course. I, I want to say it's not not a blanket comment just for everybody out there. Uh, everyone's scenario is different. However, when it comes to the stock market, think of this. Right now, we're starting to see companies position themselves um, in the event there is a recession that hits, whether it's a, a mild or a deep recession. Companies are preparing for that right now. Uh, right now, we're seeing spending for the consumer is still up. So companies are still doing good. Reports, uh, quarterly reports have been decent for companies, but they're getting ready for the potential of a slowdown. That's what we should be doing as individuals as well. We should be beginning to position ourselves uh, so that if indeed there's a slowdown, if indeed possibly you get laid off, as many companies are laying people off right now, Seth, um, that you're not going to be uh, in a scenario to where you're financially crippled and need uh, you know, to liquidate something uh, at a low value or possibly uh, put yourself in some other debt that we don't want you to do. So these are important areas for you to focus on right now just as companies are doing that as well. Yeah, and, and I, suppose, I suppose, John, you know, there's one thing about these stories too, which is I guess take them seriously. I mean, when the Wall Street, when people at you know Goldman and and when they're interviewing at CNBC, all these other they they know that this is coming. I mean, within a, a, a you know as as fairly a certain projection as you can get, they know this is coming. Well, I mean, it, there's been some signs that uh, you know obviously we the the economy has some challenges, no question about it. 
uh, and we're still looking for a potential of a soft landing, as it says in here, it, that it's possible. 35% chance of a soft landing is what they're stating here uh, based on the Fed as if they can curb inflation. Uh, but they're also looking – that means that it's a potential 65% chance that it's not a soft landing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm more planned for the worst and hope for the best yeah, type right, of a guy. Right. And I think that's what this is talking about right here. Yeah. It's Be giving, conservative, right? Yeah, it's giving you some opportunity. We have time yeah. to, to do this, Seth, and that's the nice thing. Good. It's not as if uh, – you know, a major catastrophe happened, and overnight we were immediately in a recession. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, so you've got time to plan. You've got time to, you know, to do the things that you need to to be financially um, responsible. Uh, please do it. And that's, uh, I think, good advice from just about anybody out there, Seth. I, I appreciate you bringing this yeah, up Yeah, no, today. no, absolutely. Yeah. I had a feeling you and I might be on the same page and wavelength here. All right, J.D., yep. thank you, sir. And if people need help with that, yep. well, certainly reach out to me, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and CIPIC, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth, so No much. one better to reach out to than you. Thank you, John. I'm All Seth right. Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, um, why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a great fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees. You can turn your monthly income on or off. As I say, compound it, whatever you choose, and there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. This is a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. How high? Up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10 and a quarter percent. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, refy.com, or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34. That's 888-Y-REFI-34. 34. Really great guys, and they aren't going to give you a sales pitch. You give them a call. You can visit with them. They're local. They leave the selling up to me and Larry Elder and just like to talk about what it is that they do. They are uh, good people who do well by doing good, and you can be a part of that. There's uh, there's no particularly special or momentous time to do this except maybe every day. Um, I got an email from one of our loyal listeners, Mike. Um, and, uh, I don't know exactly how to put this. Uh, he, um, he, ha- he, 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 ha- let, let me just put it this way. His last name is not Jones or Smith. Okay. And he emails me. I was asked, what is an American? And this was my answer. Quote, American, One born as a natural citizen within its borders or upon sovereign territory if abroad or a naturalized citizen taking the prescribed citizenship classes and passing citizenship tests, swearing allegiance to the United States and its Constitution. An American is a man or woman who believes in the rights of the individual over and above all groups and organizations, who holds the tenets written in our founding documents that all men are born equal and endowed by nature and nature's creator with certain inalienable rights and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Understanding that these rights are not guarantees of success, but that you as an individual have the right to live your life as you see fit to make decisions for yourself without interference from the government or anyone not related to you or yours. 
the right to be secure in your person and your papers, that you live in harmony with your neighbors, allowing them the same courtesy of living their own lives, no matter their race, religion, or ethnicity. An American pursues their dreams, aspires to greatness, is willing to work and sacrifice to achieve his or her dream, is not beholden to anyone. An American sees obstacles as things to be overcome, sees every challenge as something that can and will be surmounted no matter how many people say it's impossible. An American is a man or woman who looks at a wilderness to be tamed, rivers to be crossed, mountains to be climbed. An American is a man or woman who looks at the stars and says, yep, we can go there. An American only believes in what can be done because there isn't anything that can't be. I love this. I just, I just love this. This is fantastic. You know, where do we find, by the way, these Americans who write things like this? We find them everywhere. We find them everywhere. Their voices may be quiet or squelched or soft or softened by the mainstream media and the pseudo-sophisticates among us. But we do find them in Sometimes we just have to look for them. Sometimes we need them to write or call into radio shows like this. That's what's so important about these things, so important about civic organizations and institutions. You know you're not alone. You need to know you're not alone. It's important to know you're not alone. Loneliness is a terrible thing. It can lead not only to anxiety and depression, but to any number of downward spirals, including conspiracy theories about which more and more research is coming out. Anyway, he just uh, sent it to me right before the show, and I said, can I read this on air? And he said, of course. I, it's, as I say, there's, in some respects, no great time to do it, but then again, maybe every time is the right time to do something like that. If anyone wants to add to it, of course, we're here for that. I'm going to try and integrate it. I'm giving a speech later this month. I'm going to try and integrate that into that speech. It is interesting a few things that have stalked America and Americans' beliefs that are contrary to that email that he sent, Mike. Um, a hard job, doing a hard day's work, doing a good day's work, a job well done. Yeah, we've, we've ripped a lot of that from us. Paul Harvey predicted it 57 years ago, and we kind of perfected that, and we're still struggling with that. It's an interesting stat, regardless of the talk about recession. Nick Eberstadt ran the numbers. If you um, if you look at the raw unemployment data, it looks pretty good. But if you include all the eligible working age males, that is to say roughly ages 24 to 55 or so, if you include all those not actively working and not actively looking for work, if you include those... Our unemployment is at Great Depression levels. This is a real crisis, particularly, not particularly quite honestly, for the labor markets themselves as it is for society in toto. They're living off welfare. Half of them, by the way, 7 million or so, are addicted to painkillers. This problem doesn't just take our children. It, it really does do. James Q. Wilson, you know that name because he co 
discovered the broken windows theory. He was probably one of the greatest criminologists in American history, James Q. Wilson. Enslaves the mind and destroys the soul, drug use, he said. Enslaves the mind and destroys the soul. This army of unworking men that are addicted to this stuff, it's so sad. And it's not boding well for us. Usually people say it's not going to end well. I've stopped saying, I've stopped using that phrase, it's not going to end well, about almost every pathology we face, because it's not going well. It's not going well now, present tense. It's just that our journalistic profession cares not to, not to report on it. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I suppose there are... I, I, I just... I, I don't. I actually don't. These are things that really don't have a partisan squint or narrative to them. They're, they're not a, there's no partisan angle to this. Not really. Not one that I see immediately. I just think they're not they're not focused on the right things. They're focused on they're focused on decimating conservatives. That's what they're focused on in the media. Any and every way they can, whether it's religious freedom or any other freedom we're guaranteed or our ability to speak and just demand fairness from them. That's what they're focused on. FBI's ramping up more and more to go after white supremacy against uh, against, my gosh, just against evidence that this is the greatest problem facing us. How about ramping up the FBI to go after fentanyl? How about doing that? I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Sean is in Chandler. Hello, Sean. Hey, Seth. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing good. Yeah, yeah. Just out here working along and just listening to your show. I was actually listening to your podcast. Uh, I wasn't able to listen live yesterday. I was listening to your podcast. And you mentioned you were talking, uh, um, I'm pretty sure yesterday. I know sometimes they're... Um, uh, anyways, but um, you were talking about how the left, how they use... You know the uh, uh, means to justify the end. Oh uh, yes, yes, right. yes, yes. Uh, the old uh, right. Trotsky line, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so I was listening to um, an interview a few weeks ago from Douglas Murray, uh-huh. and he and he, uh, uh, I say quoted, but he shared a conversation that Orwell had with a guy, and the guy, you know, used the used the famous Lenin line, you know, you got to crack some eggs to make an omelet, right? Right. And then Orwell responded, "Is like, well, where's the omelet? Right. You know." Right. And I think it's like the left, they just know how to destroy. They, they, they're they really, really good at cracking eggs, but they're uh, lousy cooks. I'm just kidding. But, like, they just don't know how to produce anything that's actually good. They just know how to crack eggs. So I just I just like that quote. It just reminded me when I was listening to your show earlier. So, but Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, Marx, Karl Marx, who, of course, was Trotsky's and Lenin's, uh, you know, godfather intellectual, Uh, Karl Marx's most favorite line, according to Paul Kengor, a professor of uh, history. Oh, yeah, Paul Kengor. You know who Paul Kengor is, right? Uh, According to him, yeah, yeah. yeah, he wrote a great book on Marx, The Devil and Karl Marx. I think it's called Karl Marx and the Devil, something like that. Uh, He says that Karl Marx's most fond line uh, from uh, Faust was everything that 
exists deserves to perish. They're about destruction. They're about they iconoclasm. They really yeah. Yeah, and I was listening to, um, oh gosh, Prager earlier, and he was talking about, um, he, was, he was talking to Vic Davis Hanson, and, yep. uh, and they were talking about that. And, yeah. and uh, you know, in, in the book of Genesis, in the creation story, uh, and I'm not a Genesis expert, but he only uses the word, the God only, or the scriptures only use the word create when it comes to like man and women, and I think something else. But anyways, it's, it's about creating, uh, taking chaos and bringing order to it. And and it's a complete inversion of the left today is they just take what is good and what is orderly and they destroy it and make chaos out of it. Yeah, That's it's an do. interesting – I am I heard some of that interview, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it later. It was a hell of an interview. I'm up against a break. You're welcome to sure. stay on if you have more. <clears throat> Sean, you're more than welcome to. You've unloaded a lot there that I, I so love talking about, so thank you for gelling to it. Um yeah, Marx, Whitaker Chambers said, gave us the world's second oldest faith, which comes from the book of Genesis. That we shall be as gods, that we can, we can, we can overcome nature, um, which is what you see with Marxism in our classrooms, with the whole war over gender and, or I should say, sex and um, and the sex you're born with. That we can, we can do better than God. We can change God's plan here. That's just but one, and the Marxism you saw in the BLM riots, all it was was about destruction. That's all it was. Feel free to stay if you'd like to say more. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 